and welcome to Charity Chats. I'm your host, Sam Davies, and my co-host, as always, my good friend, collaborator and colleague, Vicky Bratherton, a.k.a. VB. Hi, everyone. So this is episode 12, which means that this is a year that we've been doing this now, this podcast. Woohoo! One whole year. One whole year. Who you can, you can dub in the sound of a champagne cork popping, right, Sam? I will. You've got and the skills now. You've been doing this a year. Absolutely, and trumpets and all sorts of things. We'll get back yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll sort something out. And this month, we're talking about fundraising marketing, which is quite an expansive topic for a short podcast. It certainly is. I think it may span over a couple of podcasts. We'll see how we get on. So I suppose this is more of an introduction, isn't it? This is our kind of first go at it. <laughs> and we can then, you know, elaborate and answer questions, hopefully, and even get some interviewees that uh, can help to inform our points later on in the next few months. Excellent. Yeah, get some people who know what they're talking about on that because. So I we are professionals. We are we're very, very professional. So yeah. the, um, I mean, the first thing I figured that we should kind of say really is what is marketing. And um, there's a an eminent um, Dr. Philip Kotler um, who has a lot to say about that and has uh, written some fantastic uh, books and uh, and articles about marketing, which I'd recommend to everybody. It's also interesting because he looks a little bit like. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm's Larry David, which is also a nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice thing. So uh, that's great. And um, what uh, Dr. Philip Kotler says is marketing is not the art of finding clever ways to dispose of what you make. It's the art of creating genuine customer value. So that's more of a, a customer-focused approach to marketing. Mm. And there's a whole historic journey of how people have marketed to people over the last hundred years or so but um yeah for the purposes of uh this podcast we're talking about modern day marketing which should really be um certainly in uh, dr kotler's view um and my own um creating genuine customer value and how we do that there are many there are some really good examples out there of charities who are imparting advice or telling a story of someone without directly asking for money, but just in the way that they do it, in, inspires you to give. The RNLI have a really good campaign um, out at the moment, warning people of the dangers of um, you know, riptides and the sea during the summer, that it can look very inviting, but actually the sea is a dangerous place. And they tell it through the point of view of an RNLI volunteer, people who are, you know, risking their lives to save the lives of others and through that through that sort of storytelling through the eyes of a volunteer it makes you it sort of sends you down that path of i want to do something to help these and it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy prophecy really which and it ticks both boxes of fundraising but also imparting advice and trying to keep people safe when they're in the sea in the summer so in terms of how charities market i mean the types of channels VB, yeah, what, what do you got? Well, haven't we got? Probably the, the most key one to start with is social media. A lot of charities will use social media to, to gain interaction with their supporters. So that's through Facebook, Twitter. I think Facebook's probably one of the most key ones because it has advertising on it. Um, so you can actually target very specifically the audiences that you want to, that you want to um, target. There are also um, 
outdoor advertising, so big billboards, bus stops, um, big posters that you see on the underground and the train stations across the country. That's the kind of the one the one shot you've got as a charity to put across a simple message, but an impactful and powerful one that will actually make people take action when they see it. TV advertising is a, another big one. Obviously, that's something that is kind of cut off because of the cost to a you know, the vast majority of charities in in the UK, but for the for the big ones, um, they do they may have budget for it. Come back to the cost of budget um marketing budgets later as well, I think. Radio advertising, um there is also magazines and newspapers and kind of print print marketing, whether that's in you know, in it's in the form of an advert or in advertorials, I think charities tend to use them less often, but it gives a bit more space to tell the story. If storytelling is your is your bag. Have I missed anything there, Sam? I think that's. I mean, there's, there is so much, isn't there? I think um, one of the things was, and I don't know if we've mentioned this in previous podcasts. I don't think we have. AdWords, Google AdWords. You know, they've um, Google. For those that don't know out there, uh, Google offers charities free advertising using their AdWord campaign device. Which means that you get, I think it's about ten grand of um, free advertising a month from Google. So, if you don't already know about that, I'd advise checking it out on uh, Google or Google Google AdWords. There's a lot of Googles in that <laughs> sentence. Um, and uh, and then yeah, I mean, kind of, I think you hit on everything else. I mean, I suppose one of the things that you know there'll be a few um, links on our website about this but um, suggestions that a lot of uh, sites make um, and authorities make is to have a direct marketing strategy so that means kind of looking at who is your target audience and then what is you know where are they going to see your messages and building it around again your target audience so that's kind of the place to start but yeah we've got all these so many channels open to us I suppose mm-hmm. one of the risks is you can um well, either on the one hand, put all your eggs in one basket and focus solely on one type of marketing, or you can spread yourself too thin and, and you know try all these different things. And as you say, VB, some of these uh, forms of marketing, especially the TV advertising, can be quite expensive. One very key piece of marketing that I neglected to mention in my list was, of course, postal advertising and sort of direct mail and sort of door drops that go through people's um, letterboxes, which obviously we know has caused a bit of a furore in uh, in the media over the past year or so. But it's, you know, certainly until recently has been a major part of a lot of charities' campaigns, sending personalised letters to individuals, um, whether they are, um, you know, whether it's through a cold mailing or a warm mailing to existing supporters, you know, telling stories and then setting out the charity's um, aims and objectives through you know, whether it's through the work that they do um, and encouraging them to either make, you know, a, a single gift or signing for direct debit. Is you're writing a personalised letter to, you know, Mrs Jones, here is a, you know, a heartwarming or perhaps tragic story of someone who's been affected by a particular condition or cause. Um, this is what we as a charity, um, so this is setting out, this is the problem, mm-hmm. Um Oh, this is this is so and so. This is the problem that affects them in a you know huge way. Um, we as a charity, we have the solution. Here's how you can help. And um, that's sort of the basic premise of how stories like that will will work and how they make a difference. How the charities make a difference. You've got much more 
much more space in order to tell the story effectively and to really to set out you know why it's important that that person mrs jones supports the charity and it can be a really impactful way of fundraising telephone fundraising is another one to mention another one that's come under harsh scrutiny it's not everyone's sort of favorite form of fundraising but it 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 does work um certainly for a lot of charities out there telephone fundraising is hugely successful even to warm audiences it can be to cold audiences probably possibly less so but it depends on the, the charity um, but certainly for warm audiences, you do see an uplift in the amount that they give. So if they're already giving a direct debit, if you get a telephone call to say, this is what X char- you know, what the charity you support is doing, this is why it's important, can you, you know, perhaps increase your gift? And you, charities do tend to see a, an uplift in uh, direct debit giving through telephone fundraising. As charity workers, we should be, we're not trying to, bamboozle or strong arm people into giving to our causes we we really need to inspire them and I suppose the channels are there to kind of look at okay if uh, my mate Dave he doesn't pick up the phone Bill answer my letter you know or he'll uh, pick up an email I mean you know we kind of we target our friends and our contacts you know based on what we know of them and I suppose we kind of have to get to know our audience a little bit more so we can do that with them too so that, that you know we're approaching them on their terms through the medium that they prefer and also with the message that's going to give them the value you know that's kind of we should be looking at it from their point of view because otherwise we're going to be fighting a losing battle and we don't want to be on the wrong side of things you know we want to be collaborative don't we We want to be you know on the side you know kind of the same side as them really we want to all be doing the same thing for a cause we believe in and data is so key in making sure that you're you know your marketing hits hits the right people that are most likely to to support your charity in whatever way that might be whatever way you're asking them to there's all this stuff about how to write direct marketing but again that, that might be something for another time because uh, it's yeah. so expansive isn't it we can talk so much about just direct marketing really there's a really good article actually on charitycoms.org.uk that was written by um zoe amar who's a she's a you know a professional marketeer and she sets out some really great guidelines on how to write a charity marketing strategy how to you know taking a look at an environment as we said you know starting an analysis of you know the key factors affecting your charity the big picture who you are there to support and what audiences you want setting objectives so actually what do you want to achieve through your marketing is it you want to raise ten thousand pounds a hundred thousand pounds a million whatever it might be or do you actually want to encourage 10 million people across the uk to have a you know a health check for example or something like that so having those objectives and targets in mind is really, really key and um, getting a key message is something that's instantly recognizable and short and snappy and is suitable for your target audience is really important positioning how do you want your charity to be regarded so that should be already in your brand guidelines but where do you, where do you sit yourself within crowded charity marketplace what makes you different and important and then finally another key thing is evaluation how will you know that your marketing strategy has been successful or not so putting metrics place like um, income targets how you've been rated in stakeholder surveys how your campaigns are performing so if you do use as we mentioned earlier google adwords you can see how many click-throughs you've had to your website from your particular um adverts on google and it just shows the interaction that people have had with your with your charity online as a result of your marketing so having all those, those evaluation tools in place and those 
objectives that you actually want to measure are really key. And I think it's something that a lot of people, when they, you know, when they do set up a, a charity marketing campaign, can forget. So we're all saying, well, we want to raise awareness, but how will you measure how much awareness has been raised? Marketing plan is key. I mean, as you say, VV, you know, on the one hand, obviously, you need to plan out so that you're effective with your marketing. But the other reason is that you're going to need to get um, other people on board to give you budget to spend on marketing because it can't all be done for free. And I think yeah. the, um, that's the next thing we were going to talk about, isn't it, really? Um, how do charities justify marketing spend? And there's a very good article from The Guardian. All of these links that we're referring to, by the way, will be on our website uh, charitychat.org.uk essentially yeah there's there's loads of stuff around you know justifying spend on marketing for charities because I know that I've certainly um, I'm sure you have too VB you know had conversations with people both in the organizations that I've worked for but also from um, supporters understandably so about spending money how charities spend money on marketing and um, you know that's that can be some, quite a difficult conversation to have sometimes but it is justifiable. Do you really want to support a charity that doesn't invest in itself? And do you want to support a campaign that doesn't invest in marketing? And um, there's a whole load of stuff in response to the uh, true and fair uh, reports, that a couple of which have come out over the last few months, which are neither true nor fair, some would say. And, um, and there's some really interesting responses to that. I think there's a really good article. Um, we'll find it and put it on the website. Um, from uh, I think it's the Institute of Fundraising and uh, they pick apart the um, the argument that True and Fair made about how charities overspend um, and don't give enough to the cause that they're raising money for. So that's uh, interesting. From a supporter's perspective, if I'm giving a charity donations, I want to be assured that the money I'm giving them is going to be used wisely. And I suppose from the charity's point of view, so we need to be more open and honest about how money is spent and the value of spending on things like marketing, which aren't necessarily what you would think of if you're supporting a charity. Some of your money is going to go into marketing. That sounds more like the kind of negative headlines that we've seen over the last few months. Unfortunately, in order to do good, charities need to market so that People know that they exist and know that they are there to support and are there for the there for their stakeholders as well. And I, I think I suppose you know the one of the areas that you can look at one thing you can look at is you, again on our website you can check out the charity commission which has a list of all the charities that are registered with the charity commission which I think is something around the hundred seventy thousand mark and mm. uh, in England and Wales and there you'll see a breakdown of how money is being spent and the definitions of. Um, those different categories of spending. If you're a fundraiser, if you're a charity, then um, the place to look for information about the types of marketing you can do, a good starting point is the ICO, which is the Information Commissioner's Office. And again, there'll be a link on our website that you can check out or just Google ICO. And then there's a big document which tells you all the do's and don'ts about how you can market and that's not just for charities, that's, a, um, that's general marketing, which you can do in the UK. So that's definitely worth a read through. And finally, I suppose the thing to mention briefly that we'll go into in a future podcast is the new rules that charities are needing to follow when it comes to marketing. 
of fundraising. Yeah. And the opt-ins and opt-outs, which, um, you know, we've, we've had a lot of changes taking place in, in how we uh, do things in the charity sector and, and compliance <laughs> to make sure that uh, what we're doing is within the law and was within the, the rules of the ICO, which we just mentioned. And to help us do that, there will be a fundraising preference service as well, which is going to be coming in the next few weeks. And, uh, and there'll be information about that on our website too. But um, yeah, advice would be to read through the ICO guidance first off and then let us know if you've got any questions. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for our anniversary podcast. Uh, next <laughs> month, for Unlucky 13, we'll be looking at direct marketing in more detail. So do tune in for that. Um, and thanks for listening again. Thank you very much. And thanks to our, uh, our sponsors, Red Dog Music, for sponsoring our podcast kits. Forest of Fools, who have been playing throughout the show and will be playing us out shortly, and RR Yard Photography for uh, the lovely photos that you can find on our website, charitychat.org.uk. Phoebe, it's been a pleasure as always. Lovely talking to you. Happy anniversary, Sam. Happy anniversary. <laughs> and uh, thanks again for listening, everybody, and speak to you next month. Bye. Bye. Bye.